Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory from the Relevant Radio app. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Welcome to our weekly happy hour today on Trending. What's getting in the way of your happiness? That's what we talk about every week here on Trending. And today I want to talk about what's getting in the way of women's happiness. The new faith-filled pro-life generation, because you can't do pro-life work without faith. Joining me in just a moment will be Pam Stenzel. She's an international speaker on everything from abstinence to pro-life issue, and she's on the front line working in the crisis pregnancy centers. We'll be joined by her in just a moment, but I also want to dive into how much outdoor activity do we actually need, and did you hear that there was a study that came out a few years ago that going to the park lifts happy happiness as much as Christmas Day. So do you get outside enough? We'll talk about how much you need to be outside and more. Thanks for being with me during our weekly happy hour. If you have a question, the number is 888-914-9149. Joining me now is Pam Stenzel. She's an international speaker on abstinence and pro-life issues. She has been on the front line for years working with women in crisis from the crisis pregnancy centers such as community pregnancy clinics in southwest Florida that she works with there as well as with the youth that she speaks with across the country being on the front line seeing what they are facing and from all of that work I thought Pam that you would be just a great person to get your perspective on what's happening with women today there's such a tug and pull for so many women from high school all the way up into later years and I'd love to hear what your thoughts are with all of your outreach to women of what you think gets in the way maybe the leading thing that gets in the way of women's happiness today yeah Timory great to be with you and you know when we talked about it earlier today and I, I was thinking about this whole topic um, I'm uh, a little older than you. I'm a generation above you. So I have uh, grandchildren now, two granddaughters who are eight and four. And my daughter and her husband uh, live up in Minnesota. And I moved away from Minnesota to get out of the cold and moved to Florida about eight years ago. But uh, the reality is I, I flew up this week. I had to do a fundraiser for a pregnancy center in uh, north of Minneapolis. And then spent the rest of the weekend uh, with my family and especially with my two granddaughters. And I was just, it, it was just, it, when you talk about the word happiness, it was happiness. It was like, you know, you mm -hmm. can do all these things and have all these things and have a career and all of those things that maybe the world is, is telling our, our women and young women today that, that will bring happiness. But the reality is real deep happiness comes from family and mm -hmm. and i'm just you know just just the the joy on my little four-year-old granddaughter's face when i walked through the door coming in and she just ran and just grabbed onto me and hugged me and it's like not very many people in my life love me that way timory <laughs> you, know? you know that unconditional joy and love of a child that just is so glad that her grandma's there and 
and just to play games and color and do silly things and just know that that you matter in someone's life and and I was thinking about it because you know working uh, in pregnancy centers uh, I see and especially since we we opened a clinic at the University of Florida and so I see a lot of college girls you know and and that 18 to 22 24 year old age and and you see that they bought into the world's lie that what would make them happy is is sex or what would make them happy is relationships or what would make them happy is if people noticed them and 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 they were a uh, an influencer and had x amount mm-hmm. of followers and likes and and all of this outward things and you realize these are some of the most unhappy young women I've ever had to deal with. And the very thing that probably would eventually or would for sure bring deep lasting happiness to them is the very thing our society is telling them to throw away. And that's their children. I think that's profound what you're saying, because the antithesis, like you're saying to what the culture says from contraception, abortion, career, education, it's all as if there's this mounting idea of a life versus a child and children are, are their lives are being destroyed via abortion, uh, preventatively through contraception, although most contraception also functions as an early abortion. And so it's heartbreaking because what women are told will make them happy is what they're fighting toward, yet they're not happy with that. And I love that example you gave. Even though we're in different stages of lives as women, you see that even as a grandmother with your grandchild, just the joy of being embraced, that unconditional love from a child. I was thinking about it earlier. I was swimming in the pool with my kids and it's freezing cold. It was way too cold, although I'm here in Southern California (laughs) to swim, but we did. And they were so happy. And even though I was freezing, I was looking at the delight on my two and a half year old's face and it's worth it, right? Like those moments of setting everything aside to embrace that quality family time is what makes us happy as women. Yes. And you know, I tell you, it's work. It's tiring. I, I remember the first time as a grandmother that I stayed all day uh, and just watched my <laughs> granddaughter. So my daughter teaches uh, school. She's a first grade teacher. So she had to be away for whatever. It wasn't even that long. And I remember just thinking, oh, I am so tired. How did I ever do this? <laughs> and that's when you realize it's a good thing you do it when you're young. But even with all the tiredness, even with the stress, even with the days where you like, I would love to get to sleep. Saturday morning, I was sleeping in the extra bedroom at my daughter's house. And all of a sudden the door goes open and little four-year-old voice says, grandma, it's five, four, five. And I'm like, <laughs> that is too early for anybody to be awake. <laughs> and, and, you know, there, I'm sure there are times and I'm sure there are moms listening here today, you know, that you get tired and, and, and there's a lot that goes along with, with young children. But here's the reality. Enjoy every single second because it goes so fast. And truly, the the real happiness comes from that family relationship. You know, the, the, the your children, as as a mother, those those children, you are the most important voice in their world. And you know, I, I I've spent a lot of time talking and speaking and impacting a lot of young people. But the reality is, the three children on the face of this earth that are mine, my daughter and my two sons, that. that's deep impact and and lasting happiness comes through family and I just I just get sad because I feel like our culture at least the last two generations have treated uh, 
family, motherhood, parenthood in general, not just for moms, but dads as well, just the whole family unit as something to be, you know, like endured and like, oh, yeah. can't wait till my kids are grown and I'm empty nest and I can go do whatever I want. And, you know, Timur, you remember it wasn't too long ago I was listening to some of these uh, pro-abortion feminist women in the in Hollywood talking about how awesome their life was and what they get to do all the time because they don't have children. And all I could think was, you know what, deep inside, take away the camera and your little Instagram reel and whatever it is you're trying mm -hmm. to show to the world. You are not happy. It's true. And, it's true. I think you know, all this pressure to be an influencer, like you said, that that's what everyone thinks is the best type of happiness, right? To be an influencer, to be famous. And, and this isn't anything new. People from past generations said it as well, but I think it's accessible in a different way and much easier today because of social media and what we're throwing out. And again, through that use of everything that you work on, contraception, abortion, the impact of STDs, you're seeing just this generation that in addition to losing sight of the joy of family life is also looking at it as obligatory. And it's not just parents toward their children who are waiting for their kids to be empty nesters, but even I see this with children now toward their parents, you know, teenagers toward their parents, uh, younger adult children toward their parents of this everything's an obligation and so you just, you know, kind of clock in, clock out, you do what you got to do, do that family thing. But then everything is really outside of that that you enjoy. Yeah, you know, and part of it is, I think, because and, and COVID did nothing to help us, by the way. But we began to kind of live in these not real relationships. And it, it's a sad, I was driving uh, to, to head out to work the other day. And I passed the school, you know, the bus, the kids were all waiting outside to mostly middle school kids to get on a bus. And I looked over and every single one of them had their face in their device. There was mm -hmm. not one of them speaking to each other, talking to each other. And I'm yeah. sitting here going, what have we created? Yes. And, and, you know, you can't replace real relationships for this. And one of the things I was saying, telling girls one day, too, I was like, you know, it's, it's I don't know if it's a girl thing. For me, it kind of felt like that. But but when when this generation puts their whole life always on Instagram and what they do is they they take the best picture, use the best filters and they don't show pain. They don't everything that goes on your reel or your Instagram pages or, you know, whatever social media you're using is always the best. And it looks beautiful and everybody's happy. And then you go and you look at everybody else's and then you're thinking, oh, because this isn't perfect in my life or I have this pain or this sadness or, you know, that somehow my life isn't good. And, and we're, we're comparing ourselves to people's highlight reel. And it's just, I think it's just done so much to damage and build a discontent in, in, you know, all of us, not just the young girls, but even all of us as women. And just to tell yourself, I used to tell girls, I said, um, I did a little talk for girls called Take a Look in the Mirror, just about becoming a woman of God and transforming. And I said, you know, you need to, instead of getting up in the morning and looking at what everyone else is saying about you by going to your social media, why don't you get up and spend a little time with some scripture and some devotion and some prayer mm -hmm. and, and maybe hear what God has to say about you and about who you are and, and that you're dearly loved. You're a daughter of the King and that he, he loves you deeply and nothing can separate you from 
why don't you read those things and meditate on those things instead of uh, mm. uh, the world? Yeah, it, it'll set your standards completely differently because otherwise the world says no family, limited connectivity, limited obligation. And we're all about connectedness online, but not face to face. And I love where you say, start your day with prayer because it changes the narrative that you are hearing. It changes the type of people that you will seek to be after and spend time with. Because mm -hmm. I think today it's all about who we spend time with. And when we continually, continuously have this message online, perhaps in your family, in your friends group. Well, how are you going to chase after that happiness and that joy of family life if you're hearing how awful it is or how it gets in the way of what you could do or want to do? And I'm seeing this pull of so many women today, Pam, torn between mm -hmm. career and children. And it shouldn't be, it's a false dichotomy. And I yeah. think that's the problem. We've got to knock it on its back. Yeah, for sure. And the reality that whatever God calls you to, um, that, that he will equip you, right? So, so when God calls you to, to, uh, to be a wife and a mother, and that's in it, you know, then God's going to give you the joy in that. And also that just because you, you have that calling does not mean that through that is your most important ministry, but through that you can have ministry to others as well. Right. And then you, you just always have to have it in, context right family my biggest calling is being a wife and a and a mother and now a grandmother and all of the other callings that come after that are second and, uh, and so walk Amen. in the calling that god has given you and i and i think that's where happiness comes from it's like i'm not seeking the world's happiness i'm seeking uh, uh god's you know what god's given me jesus said he came to give us life and life abundant and, and we just need to, to walk in him and experience that. And you're on the front line, Pam. You see the heartbreak. You work as an international speaker and absence educator. Uh, you work on the pro-life issue. And you're on the front line there in Florida working with the community pregnancy clinics in southwest Florida. One of the projects you're doing as well, I know, is infiniteworth.org. Infinite Worth, you're helping with a 24-7 nurse chat helpline. So if you want to learn more about one of the projects Pam is working on uh, to help women in unplanned pregnancies, it is fantastic. Infinite Worth. Dot org. And I mention this because, Pam, everything you do helps to fortify women, to build up that sense of happiness, responsibility, uh, taking ownership for our lives and rebuilding and kindling those family connections. I want to come back and talk about the pro-life movement, what the latest news is, especially with this next generation of pro-life leaders. You can check out infiniteworth.org, which it Pam Stenzel stands on the board of at infiniteworth.org. And by the way, if you're just with us, the U.S. bishops and the heads of the churches in the Holy Land invite all people to a day of prayer and fasting tomorrow. That's Tuesday, October 17th for peace in the Holy Land. We'll offer the family rosary across America tonight and tomorrow night for this intention and mass tomorrow as well. Stay with me. It's our weekly happy hour on trending. If you have a question about abortion, numbers 888-914-9149. We're going to be coming back talking about the next generation of pro-life leaders and how much outdoor activity do you actually need? Do you get outside enough? We'll talk about an incredible study talking about one way to boost your mood. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
In November, we celebrate the lives of our friends and families who have passed and pray for their entry into the kingdom of heaven. Join your Relevant Radio family in prayer as we offer a novena for these holy souls. Submit up to 20 names of your departed loved ones at relevantradio.com souls. That's relevantradio.com souls. You'll receive reflections from Father Rocky each day of the novena to help you enter more deeply into prayer. Encourage your friends and family to add their loved ones. Then join us throughout the day for the novena, November 2nd through the 10th during daily mass, live-streamed Divine Mercy Chaplet, and the Family Rosary Across America on Relevant Radio. It's great to be with you here on Trending. Joining me today is Pam Stenzel. She's on the front line of the pro-life movement. She is working in the crisis pregnancy centers in Southwest Florida for community pregnancy clinics. She helps in also speaking internationally on the pro-life issue along with abstinence. You can find her work for a 24-7 nurse chat helpline for women in unplanned pregnancies at infiniteworth.org. That's infiniteworth.org. Pam, you and I were talking a little bit earlier, and you're sharing about how impressed you are by this next generation of pro-life leaders. I think this is so encouraging when we look at what we're facing as a culture with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Uh, there's more work than ever to be done as each state has become a common battleground over abortion laws. What's inspiring you about this new generation of pro-life leaders? Yeah, you know, I've always felt like persecution kind of breeds really strong young men and women, kind of the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego effect, right? Where, where the culture has gotten so dark that your only option if you're going to live your faith authentically is to become a saint, right? Is to, is to be a strong leader, uh, both for faith and obviously for life and the values that we hold dear. And I think we're, I'm getting a chance to see that, you know, and, and um, on a national level, when you, you look at folks like Lila Rose and you look at, uh, I, I, I love Michael Knowles and Matt Walsh and, and so many that are like really on the front lines of these culture wars and, and, and speaking for truth and faith. Um, and then at the local level here where I get to work, um, you know, the, the, one of the girls that's the head of students for life at UF, I'm, I'm going to be speaking on campus and it's pretty brave for her to, to bring me on campus at UF on Thursday night this coming and, and, and to just speak about pro-life apologetics and just to, Kind of answer questions and and let students you know bring all the most common arguments and then learn how to really uh, debate the issue and and explain the importance of personhood and 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 the the value of every single life um, because we were created in the image of God I and mean, it's foundational and to see these young people really stand for for not just life but for their faith as well and be very very committed to that. With them, I think we saw some of it, Timory, when we have an opportunity in the summer to do our Vox Vitae camps, and we see mm-hmm. young people that are really hungry for to understand the issues of life and 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 their faith and and how those intersect, and then how they can bring uh, their values and their faith to their peers and to the community at large. And I, I was talking with one of the girls at Vox Vitae this summer. And, she's and for those who don't leaders. know, by the way, I'll just jump in real quick. For those who don't know, Vox Vitae is a pro-life leadership training program. And I know, Pam, you and I have been astounded by the youth who participate because it's for 
basically middle school to high school age youth and they aren't just on fire to speak up for truth on abortion contraception gender issues they're on fire for faith they go to adoration every day they go to mass every day pray the rosary every day so just a little context to know this group that i know you and i have had the honor of participating and working with so sorry i just wanted to share for those who maybe wanted to hear about maybe some of those faces because we're seeing them go on out of this program i think we just had our fifth or sixth summer leadership program for them and they're on Mm. fire they're out in the community as young adults now as well so share with me about some of your conversations with them this summer Right. And, and, and I think the cornerstone is, is their faith is what gives them the strength and the courage to, to be voices mm-hmm. for life out in, in the culture, right? It, if you don't have that grounding of faith, I don't know how you do it, but one of the girls who's been to, to Vox Vitae pro-life camp for a couple of years. And so, you know, I know her a little bit better. She was kind of a leader this year. She, she kind of set me, uh, took me aside this year and she said, Pam, I really feel like, you know, my, main calling is to be a wife and a mother, you know, which is always exciting to hear. But she goes, I want to have a real impact uh, for the pro-life movement. And she said, what what kind of things could I go to school for? Could I pursue mm-hmm. that would allow me to to work in the pro-life movement? I began to talk to her about about nursing and 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 our DMS, which is a sonographer, an ultrasound sonographer. I said, can you imagine how amazing it would be it's a technical degree. It's not, you know, you, you could be a nurse, which may be four years, but the technical degree of ultrasound sonographer is is usually just two to three years. And and you could be that person that got to show women their baby in their womb at a critical, important time in their life and, and help them choose life. Ultrasound changed the world for us, working with mm-hmm. women experiencing crisis pregnancies. And and, you know, her eyes kind of lit up and I said, it's something that you could do and you could still be a mom. And, and you know what I mean? It's not like it would give up your entire life just to do that thing. But to have that skill and that training to be able to be in service to the pro-life movement. And so I just get so excited when I hear about students that are, are thinking along those lines as they plan for their careers. Um, we just hired down in Naples, Florida at our clinic there. A, a young uh, woman just graduated a, a few years ago from Ave Maria University in nursing school. And I have brought her on and she's doing patient services and volunteer services. But she's the one right now that's got her eyes on that nurse chat because we have 24 mm-hmm. seven nurse coverage where if a girl is considering take, having an abortion or taking the abortion pill that they can 24 seven chat with a nurse and get those questions answered. So here, this young Ave Maria nursing school graduate nurse is being able to put her skills to work and her passion for the pro-life movement work and, you know, saving lives Mm -hmm. just through a nurse chat. So it's just exciting to see young people take their faith and their values and their love for, for, uh, for life and say, you know what, I want to make a difference in my community. And it's done in so many different ways. And that's what I love about the pro-life movement. I do think we're seeing this next generation who's saying, okay, I have this skill. Maybe I was just talking to someone about a month ago who said, I love digital marketing and I don't Mm. know where to get a job. And, you know, I don't see anything necessarily available as a job. And I said, well, 
contact some of your local pro-life organizations. Like everyone needs that particular skill today and make them a proposal to help. If you're not interested in there, there are major groups like Students for Life and others that are just knocked out of the ballpark when it comes to evangelizing with regard to the pro-life issue online. Go, go, but you don't have to go far away. Stay local as well with some of our local nonprofits in the area. Mm -hmm. There's so many opportunities. But what I see, Pam, is this faith-filled desire to serve. And I think that's key. Maybe from having grown up in the pro-life movement, and you can speak to this as well, because I think it's a challenge for all of us to not lose sight of what's important and how to keep that perspective. I grew up as a young child in the pro-life movement. My mom was involved my entire life, and I saw a lot of people burn out in the pro-life work. Um, And also sometimes, you know, everyone's guilty of this, where you're doing good work, or maybe you have a powerful role that you're playing. We become prideful. And I saw that just unwavering need for faith to be the bedrock of the pro-life work that is done today. And I see that, as you mentioned earlier, in the youth of Vox Ute. That's why the program was founded. They can't go out into this radically persecuted culture that is anti-God, anti-woman, anti-child without a faith-filled perspective to keep them persevering. Because otherwise, sometimes you come so consistently up against this rotten message of death and anti-God. And it's Mm. hard to maintain. I've seen, Pam, even friends of mine who went to a small Catholic university, and I hear this all the time from people who completely have left the faith, who have completely Mm. left the pro-life movement. And my jaw drops. And these are people who I stood in front of Planned Parenthood with. And I really think at the heart of that is the loss of prayer, the loss of humility and perspective. Uh, Or thinking, Timory, that we can do this in our own strength. Um, Mm. This is a spiritual battle. And and the enemy is real. And his, his complete purpose is to destroy the image of God in men in any way he can do that and abortion is a very big way that he's doing it but uh and and so the reality is when you come right up against the enemy and you face him and you're not prayed up and you and your spiritual walk Mm -hmm. isn't where it needs to be and and you haven't called on the power uh of of prayer it's so important i was uh a week ago saturday with the men's march and the national rosary we started, well, the men started, they started a Planned Parenthood in Washington, D.C. and marched to the Supreme Court. I met them there at the Supreme Court and was speaking there. And then we had a Eucharistic uh, procession from the Supreme Court to the reflection pool. And then we had the National Rosary there. So it was like a long day. And from the time I got to the Supreme Court steps, uh, the the other side were screaming and yelling. And they had their... Uh, pride flags and their trans flags and their abortion is a right and pro-life is a lie and they were loud and it, it it was it was nothing other than demonic and one of the women that was just screaming and screaming i stood just in front of her and i just started praying and i prayed for healing for her for for release and and it was tough and finally about three men stood around me and they said we just stood with you because she just started screaming at me, pray me away, pray me away. You know, and when you, for, and when you face these forces of evil and, and, and it, it, there's, there's no other way we can explain it. And they just get angry at prayer 
or the rosary or you know anything like that that just you can see them get angry you've got to you've got to be ready to stand and have brothers and sisters around you because you can't face this evil without a, a deep faith and a deep reliance on the holy spirit Yes. Amen. Amen. I mean, what, how else can we do this pro-life work? I think that's fundamental. You are up against the devil himself. And I think that's part of the reason we've been talking a lot recently about the occult and Wicca and witchcraft here on Trending, especially in the month of October. But we should be talking about it all the time, not just when people tend to put that type of decoration and maybe dabble, and we shouldn't, in that type of content. But it's interesting because I think the reason why Wicca be continues to become so prevalent in, in our face today is because abortion is the sacrifice of the devil. And yeah. when abortion decreases, the devil is angry. He wants that bloody sacrifice of children who he tries to claim as his own. And that is not just a material battle to protect babies from being slaughtered in an abortion clinic. It is a spiritual battle against principalities and powers. And you cannot fight against that without faith. Yes. And, and you've got to put on your spiritual warfare, right? You've got You've got to have your armor. You've got to, you know, and, and that's why it was just so grateful for, I, I don't, I, I come out of a, a Protestant uh, background and I'm a convert. So I have some little, but there, there's an app that has helped me so much. Timory is just in my own personal prayer life, my own personal uh, spiritual journey is the hallow app. And I, I, it just mm-hmm. helps me so much because a lot of times I don't even know like where to begin to pray or what prayers and, and, you know, and, and it's just been so helpful to me. And I just am so thankful that morning, last Saturday morning, I was praying the rosary in my hotel room by myself and just, just spiritually preparing for the day. And just before I left to go to the Supreme court and face all of what I faced there, I heard the news of what was happening in Israel. And I just, I was just saying, you know, in my prayer, I just said, Lord, we need to be ready. We must be ready. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but we do know who holds the future. We know that 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 you know God is in control and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But we need to be on our knees praying for for our nation and and obviously for the whole world. Amen. Amen. We need these resources to be reminded to pray. And also Relevant Radio has great resources for prayer as well. We have an app too, because I know we need these resources to pray and dive into our faith, learning some of the best prayers. One of my favorite prayers, and we recently put on the app, is the Lorica, uh, the prayer, the breastplate of St. Patrick. And I think I love that one because it's a reminder of how profound the spiritual battle is and that we need God's protection. And St. Patrick knew that. He went into pagan territory. Druidism is seeped in witchcraft. And so I love that prayer. And I think it's a very prevalent and necessary yet again in our current culture. Now, talk to me just a little bit more, Pam, about what's happening at Infinite Worth for those who could use Infinite Worth as a resource. I know you're sitting on the board for Infinite Worth and have helped with the founding of it. And I think this is key to what's happening on the abortion front today yeah, because we know that the abortion industry is trying to reach women uh, uh obviously online they're trying to telehealth telemed these horrible abortion drugs they're trying to get to women without them ever having to go to an abortion clinic talk to anyone 
get these terrible drugs in the mail. We know that we need to be uh, in that sphere, right? Where a girl thinks she might be pregnant, is worried, wants to, she's going to go right to her phone, right to Google, Bing, whatever her search drive is, and go abortion pill near me. Well, if the only thing that appears there is the uh, is Planned Parenthood and the abortion clinics and 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 all of these uh, pro-abortion type things, uh, we're in trouble. We need to appear there, and it's a big battle because you know we don't have all the money that the other side has. They have tons of money because they're selling a product at the end. We're not. We're we're just offering to do whatever it takes to reach her to get her the help she needs, and we don't get paid on the back end of that. Where the abortion industry, they're going to take her money and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not just helping her for free. And then the other thing is the Biden administration just nationally started a, a, a kind of an abortion hotline. And they're, they're trying to do the same thing for the wrong reasons. And so it's really important that that people of faith and that at church and that those of us who love life and are pro-life, that we um, we, we are in this arena. And so the 24-7 nurse chat was started as a way that we could partner very closely with pregnancy centers. We don't want to just be information. We want to make sure that we're connecting women to help in their community uh, where they can get, you know, an ultrasound and talk to a, to a nurse and, and, and then get ongoing support and help to choose life. So, so we don't want to just be an online presence. We want to be connected deeply with the pregnancy center movement across the country. So the widget goes right on uh, the different pregnancy centers websites, and and then we will answer that with a nurse 24/7 because most pregnancy centers they operate on a very difficult low budget, right? And so they don't have mm-hmm. the bandwidth typically to be available 24/7 to women in their community. But if we can do that for them, especially when you know on in their off hours on the weekends and nighttime, and and when their clinic is not open or their pregnancy center isn't open then we can uh, be that conduit to get that girl the help she needs and get her into those pregnancy centers uh, uh, during the business hours. This is a great resource. If you have local crisis pregnancy center, please make sure they know about infiniteworth.org. I know a lot of pregnancy centers that don't necessarily have a medical team can use this on their website. And even those who do have a medical team accessible, this is a 24-7 nurse chat helpline for women in unplanned pregnancies. And it's a great resource to have in your pocket when you come across that woman, whether you're sidewalk counseling or just a stranger, you never know when. So when? So that's infiniteworth.org. Pam, thank you for joining me today here on Trending. You have always keen insights into what's happening on the pro-life front. We'll be sure to talk to you soon again about what's happening with chemical abortion in this country. Thank you for the work you're doing. If you have a question today, the number is 888-914-9149. Our toll-free line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters Life Insurance. So please announce this. Um, Please let people know if you have a question, it's 888-914-9149. We'll be right back here on Trending. We're talking about what you're thinking about. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Are you struggling with your mood? Not necessarily feeling the most happy. Mental health is a real challenge today for everyone. We live 
further away from nature than ever before. We spent a lot of time sitting and on our devices. And it was really interesting. A few years ago, I'd come across this article called The Most Overlooked Reason Why Kids Don't Listen focus or sit still. And it made me think about not just kids, but adults too. Bottom line is, is that we as human beings need more time not sitting. We need more time outdoors. So there's a fantastic occupational, pediatric occupational therapist, Angela J. Hanscom. She says, everybody not just kids, but especially kids, need at least three hours of free outdoor play a day. Now, adults aren't necessarily going to get three hours a day playing outside, but when you have kids, there's a whole lot of time that you could spend outside with your kids. There's a lot of time that you could spend everything from doing your own yard work to fixing up the house. You could even work outside. And so much is to be said, I love, that's why I love living in California, is that I can take everything outside and do it outside a lot of the time. So here's what's interesting. In her work, Angela Hanscom, a pediatric occupational therapist, talks not just about how much time kids need outside, but what they need outside. And it's very age-based. Now, it was actually startling for me when I first read this, and I've been reviewing some of the research recently because I think that it's important whether you live in cold regions, warmer regions, wherever you live, that we start to try to be a little bit more aware of how much time we're spending outside as adults. And if you have children, how much time kids are actively playing one and two, spending time outside. And I'm going to share with you in just a few minutes an incredible story about how going to the park actually lifts happiness as much as Christmas Day. So there's some really interesting research on that. We'll talk about what you need to do to boost your mood to make that happen. But this age-based recommendation for active play, free play, is interesting. It starts with, and this is challenging, toddlers need at least five to eight hours of active day play per day and again ideally outdoors so that's five to eight hours for toddlers preschoolers need five to eight hours as well now school age kids need about four to five hours of physical activity and outdoor play adolescents getting into high school need activity for about three hours a day now it's interesting because a lot of the studies are pointing to this as like the medicine for treating mood mental health add adhd depression, anxiety. Now, even for adults, the Journal of Scientific Reports shows that we need as adults at least, at least 120 minutes a week outside in nature. So that's a minimum of 20 minutes a day. I don't know about you, three hours might be a lot perhaps, but 20 minutes is always doable. So my challenge to you is to work on getting a minimum of 20 minutes a day outside and then to start being creative when you time block your calendar because that's one of the keys to success as the people say, actually mapping out what you do with your time throughout the day. But with that, start mapping out things you can do, activities you can take outside. Now, this was really challenging for me when I lived in the Midwest. It was cold, it was wet, it was icy. But some of the things that we started doing is really taking advantage of our porches. I would even, in the snow, try to work out outside on our long porch that wasn't covered with snow. Or even just with my, at the time, she was like a six to a one and a half year old, we would run back and forth outside on the porch. We would go for walks with our snow clothes on. 
playing in the snow, it's doable even when you have inclement weather. I do remember one day, not long after moving to the Midwest, and it was, I think, well below 30 degrees, and it was April. I went, okay, if I don't get outside today, I'm not going to get outside for probably a month as the weather continues the way it has recently. And it's just a matter of pushing past. I remember recently hearing a talk from Dave Durant, who is a guest here on Relevant Radio regularly. And he said, to the key to success is doing things we don't feel like doing. And I think that's key to everything from exercise to mood to which ultimately impacts our happiness, because happiness is an emotion. It's our mood. And when I'm looking at this research about how much time the majority of kids, toddlers to school age, really need a good solid five hours at least of active play, free active play, and outside, we've got to work on this as a culture right now. With the increase in screen use, I mean, not toddlers, but definitely about middle-aged kids and older are spending a minimum of eight hours a day recreationally on screen. So let's swap out the screen time and enjoy more of the quality outdoor delights that are there. And maybe your kid needs a hobby. And there's something to be said of the old school sandbox. There's something to be said of just playing in the dirt. My kids love endless time in the dirt. I'll tell you one of my tricks with my kids that I learned from a friend of mine is to just give your kid a metal bowl and a wooden spoon and to fill that metal bowl with water. It provides endless entertainment when you are outside. This summer, I also picked up one of those little, just, it was $12, hard plastic swimming pools. It lasts forever. It's easy to store just somewhere, somehow out of sight. And yeah, just fill it up with water and it led to endless cool entertainment, especially because we didn't have an air conditioner for most of the summer here in Southern California. But I do want to talk a little bit about the different types of play that are needed because this is helpful for not just any kid who just needs it in general. It helps with sitting still. It helps with paying attention. It helps with focus and listening the more we're active. So what's needed, not just being outside, not just having free play, but also certain types of movement. So as a Pilates trainer working a lot in the fitness world, a lot of discussion centers around fascial tissue and latest research points to it being the largest organ of our body, actually, our, our tissue and our fascial tissue. And it's interesting because the tissue is, it needs certain types of movement. It needs bouncing. It needs pushing, pulling and it needs abrupt movements as well. So the fascial tissue is basically, if you were to think of your skin, almost like a sheet under your skin of fascial tissue that sort of connects everything together. And that that fascial tissue can become dehydrated. And so bouncing, pushing, pulling, abrupt movements can all help in balancing out and rehydrating the fascial tissue. And so what do kids do when they're little? They bounce, they hop, they push, they tug, they pull. They have abrupt, awkward, jerky movements. These are things that kids need. And if they're not getting outside, if they're not engaging in active play at least five hours a day, and again, I got through, I went through all the different age recommendations earlier here. So be sure to catch the podcast if you didn't for how much time each kid needs of active playing ideally outside. These are the things you need to do. So make sure bouncing, pushing, pulling, and abrupt movements happen. 
This is why things such as freeze tag or the freeze dance are so great, pushing and pulling. There are many activities, and I'll even mention some in a moment, but I want to touch on how important vestibular sense is. So vestibular sense is something that kids also use a lot of. It has to do predominantly with balance, and we could get into the ears and all of that, but it has to do with balance in relation to the body and your surroundings. So Things that are great for this, especially for kids, but again, for adults too. That's why we should play with our kids and, hey, go get a niece or a nephew or borrow someone with their permissions kid to play with. But spinning in circles, using a merry-go-round, rolling down a hill, spinning, going on a swing, going hanging upside down. It's so good for you, for adults too. Climbing trees climbing rocks, jumping, jump rope. And by the way, adults can jump rope too. My husband actually loves as part of his fitness routine to jump rope. And it always looks like so much fun. I actually want to take up jump roping because he looks like he has a blast when he jumps, jump ropes, but it's good for your vestibular senses along with proprioception. So proprioception is something that we all need as well. Kids get a lot of this. This is why it's good for them to even do little tasks because If you don't know what proprioception is, it's something we use a lot in the fitness world. And it's basically bodily awareness without having to always look at that body part. So for example, carrying and lifting boxes, pushing and pulling things, building forts, um, raking leaves, shoveling, uh, digging in the dirt, even just when we hug people, playing with Play-Doh, jumping on a trampoline, chewing when we eat, all of these things are good for engaging proprioception. You can engage that in exercise, but these are ways that kids get it, but also we also get proprioception by just being active. So what I want to touch on though is in addition to how much time we need outside, talking about the vestibular sense, that is the really centering around the body's balance and its surroundings and proprioception, not having to look at your body parts and still having spatial awareness and awareness of your body. What I want to talk about is this really neat study that I had heard about not too long ago, and I finally dug into some of the research on it. The study shows coming out of a magazine that was published in actually 2017. It's a new study published from the Journal of the British Ecological Society, and it's in the People in Nature, and it talks about how, get this, going to the park actually lifts your happiness as much as Christmas Day. So we could get into the faith side versus the secular side of Christmas Day. The bottom line is there's a reason that Christmas lights go up in July at a lot of our stores to start celebrating Christmas. Christmas music starts practically after Halloween, so get ready. We're just a couple weeks away. The joy of Christmas, the family connected together, the foods, the smells, what we taste, what we hear. It's powerful. Not to mention that Jesus Christ is the reason for the celebration of Christmas. It's transformative. But when a study shows that going to the park elevates your mood as much as Christmas day, I think we should listen. You know, I grew up in the mountains, fresh air, trees everywhere. And ever since then, I've always prayed that every place I've lived would be surrounded by nature. Because for me, when I moved out of the mountains to go to college in Southern California and San Diego, I remember being kind of sad, not just kind of a lot of sad about the lack of nature all around. And it's always been a priority for me. Lord, please help me to be in a place surrounded by nature. And the studies point to this. So here's what's interesting. 
The effect is so strong that a team of scientists from the University of Vermont discovered that getting out in nature with lots of trees is the equivalent to mood spikes on Christmas. So when you're in nature, you're at your happiness, which means you need to get outside more. The fresh air, the real color, all the fun makes a world of difference for our, for our mood. And I think the problem is, is that we tend to think that, okay, I feel sad, I'm tired, or whatever it is that's going on, we tend to always think that a pill is needed to fix it, a medication. But I think we've lost sight that God has created this beautiful world around us, and yet instead of engaging with the beauty of nature, we're just seeing colors on a screen or scrolling Instagram for hours looking at these beautiful places we'll never travel to. No pills needed, just get outside. The University of Vermont study shows that elevated mood actually lasts up to four hours after going to a well-treated park. And the quantity of green really does matter. The study out of the University of Vermont that was published in the British Ecological Society um, study showed that the effects were stronger for mood enhancement when you actually went to a larger park with extensive tree coverage and vegetation. In fact, in the study, some of the one of the keywords that they saw made a big difference was even when they people reported seeing a lot of flowers. Now, smaller neighborhood parks gave a smaller spike in positive mood. Even some of the city parks that maybe were nice had a little bit of greenery, but the more the greenery, the more the trees, the better the mood elevation. In other words, it's not just getting out of work or going for a walk outside. It's really making sure that we see trees, we see greenery. Uh, it's interesting because as you look at some of the information, the study, Taylor Ricketts is the co-author on the study. He is the director of the Gunn Institute for Environment at the University of Vermont. And he noted that getting out in nature and going to parks is actually central to the mental health crises we're facing today. You can't simply buy a mood lifter. You have to do things. It's it's not a magic pill that will fix enhancing mood. It's nature when people are at their happiness, getting outside. Even people who say, well, I'm not really an outdoors person, when encouraged to do so, are often surprised. And again, the study shows a four-hour enhancement of mood after going and spending that time outside. God created this powerful and wonderful world around us with incredible potency. The way everything grows always amazes me. And I think something that's key too is that when we're in nature, nature evokes a sentiment to prayer. The fresh air, the colors, the vibrancy, the wonder and awe at creation. Get outside. It won't just make you happier and less moody, but it'll also inspire you to a deeper sense of prayer. Join the Family Rosary Across America now with Father Rocky as we pray for peace in Israel. And we're called to prayer. And if you're able to, fasting as well tomorrow as we enter into to this day of prayer for peace in Israel and the world. Coming up next, Family Rosary Across America. This is Tim Ray from Trending with Tim Ray. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month and we need to know the facts. Did you know that abortion causes breast cancer? You might think that that's a stretch. It's not a stretch at all. 
Peer-reviewed data is clear on this. The rise in breast cancer tracks with the rise in abortion as well, but the pro-abortion movement doesn't want you to know. We'll get into the science, so join me Tuesday, 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app.